Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Excellent Adventures, or as I should say, you're listening to another episode for Bill and Claire's Excellent Adventures. Right, and if you because remember, this is an, an auditory medium as yes. opposed to a visual medium. And remember, and if you remember, last week we did the Money Pit. This week we're going to do Small Soldiers, and I'm not going to get into next week yet, but I'm just going to tell you we're doing baseball movie next. Well, sports movies. We're going to get into movie. a sports movie space. Yeah. Now we're going to get into sports movies. So this is going to be the last Dante dive. And I think the Money Pit was the last ha- Operation Hanks of Five for a while. Yep. Uh, we won't be back on to Tom Hanks, I think, until May. Um, and then... So like a month. Yeah. And, and, and this also is going to wrap up uh, Operation Dante dive uh, yeah. for a while. For like this year, maybe. But, which one are, we got to introduce ourselves i think we've been remiss in not introducing ourselves but i yeah. feel like people should be able to guess who is who <laughs> but maybe you should say who you are and who i am obviously i'm claire because claire is a girl name okay and then um my dad is B-I-L-L. Oh, I thought you were going to fall for it and you were going to use your bill for the introduction to the podcast. No. I almost got you. All right. Um, Okay, so let's get into Small Soldiers. Um, Do you want to read the IMDb description? Yeah, but I think we should read both because that one doesn't look like it's really like good. <laughs> All right. Well, you read what's up there and we'll see if there's another one. It says, when missile technology is used to enhance toy action figures, the toys soon to begin to take their battle programming too seriously. Director, obviously Joe Dante because it's hashtag Dante Dive. Yep. Writers, Gavin Scott and Adam Rifkin. And stars are Kristen Dunst, Gregory Smith, and David Cross. Kirsten Dunst. And boy, it's it's a young Kirsten Dunst, too. I mean, this is from 1998. So uh, she's, she's just a kid. Here's the storyline description. Do you want to read that? Yeah, I think that might be better. Okay. 15-year-old Alan Ab. Bernathy. Yep. This Abernathy, the son of a toy store owner, tries out some new action figures. The combo elite versus Commando. The Commando Elite versus the Gorgonites. But three months ago, a toy company believes it is onto something when it employs the latest government, military technology, and microchips they've employed. However... No, no, no you missed the line. You're oh. too far away from it. That's all. It's a series of actions. Yeah. Oh. When it, employ, when it employs the latest government mil, military technology in a series of action figures and labeling them enabling them to talk they underestimate the power of the special microchips they've employed however as the two opposing at si- the two as the two opposing sides of the toy light start thinking for themselves and engaging in real combat the commando bum, elite bum, bum. Fa- 
<laughs> the commander <laughs> of Elite vowed to wipe out the... The oh, Gorgonites. The Gorgonites in a suburban neighborhood. That reminds me of the Burbs. It does remind me of the Burbs. But, you know, I mean, the last sentence of the description is just who's in it. But, like, so you just watched the trailer. Did they talk about the Gorgonites at all in the trailer? No, they just showed the Elite. Now, I remember you had seen part of this movie. So do you yeah. remember who the Gorgonites are? Do you have any idea? No, I just remember him. Like, I just remember, like, the commander of... The commando elite, the commander of it, mm-hmm. hops into the back of a truck and tries to blow it up. I'm pretty sure that mm. happened. Yeah, that sounds right. Or it's a store. It's either a store or a or it's it's either a store or a transportation device. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, all right. Well, so you had said a couple of times that you really wanted to add small soldiers to the Operation Dante dive. What yeah. What made you want to do that so much? Was it the clip that you had seen? Mm, no technically it's not a clip it's like <laughs> the last 30 minutes of the movie <laughs> a clip is like 15 seconds i watched the last 30 minutes of a movie so that would be <laughs> i don't think you watched the last 30 minutes of the movie but uh i mean i guess maybe you did i don't know i don't remember but is that what made you want to see the rest of it just do you enjoy that part a lot yeah all right well, uh, unless you have anything else that you want to get into, I say let's go watch the movie and, and then come back be- on the other side. And also because if this is going to wrap up Dante Die for a while, yep. I think that we should wrap it up with Toy Soldiers because it's an amazing movie. And also, like we say in every episode, because you might be watching it out of order, and this might be your first episode, mm-hmm. um, we're going to give spoiler alerts. So if you don't want it to, to be spoiled for you, go watch the movie if you're okay with it, mm-hmm. we just want to let you know because we don't want you to be surprised that you're getting a whole bunch of spoiler alerts when you didn't know that would happen. So, well, also then for first-time listeners, how does our for, how's our our show structured? What's the format? So, um, for first-time listeners, our structure goes: um, so we watch the trailer, mm-hmm. then we record this segment, we watch the movie, and maybe we'll have like a snack or something <laughs> while we're watching it. <laughs> then we come back, we do the. Um, <laughs> We do the last part of the I'm in, so like the post. Right. And then my dad, uh, so then my dad takes his segment where he talks about like, where he talks about recommending it to like your kids if you're, if you're an adult listening to this mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, and then it's the, and then in between, I like, I really love this part. We take clips from the movie mm-hmm. to do the same. Like I was watching um, Big, right? And in the middle, well, I was listening to it when my mom came to pick me up from run, mm-hmm. and I loved the part because it was like talking about where he was, where he raised his head. It was like, I don't get it. He's like, what part don't you get? Um, it seems kind of boring to me because it's just like a building, a robot, a building. <laughs> A robot, <laughs> a building, a robot. Um, for your information, it's not a building; it's a skyscraper. <laughs> oh well, I don't care. It's a building, or something like that. <laughs> then he gets so mad. All right. Uh, well, I guess why don't you throw it into our transition segment, and then we'll see people back on the other side. So we'll see you back on the other side. Um, I can't wait to hear what the transition segment is. So, see ya. 
Bye. Bye. Well, you've heard our proposal. Get in here, hurry! Please negotiations are over! We are the Commando Elite. Everything else is just a toy. And we're back. We just finished watching Small Soldiers, and for those of you who are, again, watching new for this, we're going to start um, saying out this, so um, we're always going to do something like this. I won't always open it up, but we're going through a trend of me doing that, so yeah. Anyways, um, <laughs> we're going through a trend of you opening it up. I yeah. don't think it's a trend if you, while we're recording and while we're not recording, insist that you be the one that introduces the show and ho hosts all of the episodes not true i mean it's a little true but it's okay i mean i think i think it's great if that's if you want to host i have no problem with that it's less work for me no 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 okay so i still have i do work and then you all right that's that's cool 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 great uh okay wait what so what are we doing now claire um so bill i know that because we've both technically watched the movie. Um, well, you've watched the whole thing. I've watched like 30 minutes, like 35 minutes of it. Because I saw that, because um, I saw the scene where he went into the toy store. And that was like five mm -hmm. minutes. Because I was barging in to get a toy. And um, and then I watched the last 30 minutes with you. So, so. The, the plot of the movie, because I don't think any of the summaries did it really any justice, is it's, it's super straightforward. A uh, defense company buys a toy company, and they manufacture some toys with defense technology that basically come to life for all intents a and microchip purposes. Microchip 1000. Right. And or is it XB 1000? X1000. X1000. Um, and then those those uh, an enterprising young kid running his dad's store decides that he's going to go ahead and jump in and sell those uh, early, and uh, he opens them at disaster unfolds is uh there are two groups of people the commando elite and the gorgonites and I the like commando the elite yeah i like the gorgonites too the commando elite decide their their mission is to kill the gorgonites and they execute it with extreme prejudice never mind who's in the way whether it's kirsten dunce or alan abernathy or uh really technically, anybody technically they don't decide it they're programs remember yeah that's true they are programmed so, um, so now you've seen the movie all the way through. Um, what did you What did you think about it? I thought it was good. Okay, can you expand on? I thought it was good. I don't. Um, I mean, I I also think it's good. All right. Well, that's the end of the episode. Thanks for coming out, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> all right. No, no, it's not. He's a psyker. I'm a psych. I am a psyker. So what? What? Expand on good. Tell me more. I love the special effects. Mm -hmm. What? Is, so I think one of the cool things about the special effects is that um, Joe Dante partnered up with Stan Winston, who is, I, I you've seen some of his effects. I think Stan Winston did some effects for the Terminator. Um, but like basically, he's a super famous practical effects dude, and his work and people who are inspired by his work are all over film. Um, but you know. Originally, when Dante was going to make this movie, they were going to make those toys puppets. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. And they were going to shoot all of the action with puppeteers uh, controlling all the movements of the toys. Um, and then when it came time to actually shoot the movie, they decided not to do it because it was too much time to film everything like that. But and the work. end product, 
has about 30% of Stan Winston puppeteer work for the toys and maybe like 70% um, CGI to, to make the toys actually move when they were trying to Honestly, do the special effects shots. I kind of think it's not special effects. I think it's actual robots that they programmed to do all that stuff. Oh, so Globotech funded this movie and they created these toys and put them in there so that people would be aware of them and it was all actually just a sneaky advertising campaign for a true product. No, I'm saying, what if, no, I'm not saying the robots and toys were real. Oh, okay. I'm saying, what if they used actual robots to shoot the movie? So instead oh. of using a whole bunch of puppets, actually use robots. Well, that's, I mean, you've watched Men in Black, right? Mm. Uh, the movie about the, the guys who dress in black suits. It's got Will Smith in it and Tommy Lee Jones, the voice of uh, uh, the the lead uh, commando, elite commando guy in this movie. Um, they fight aliens and Will Smith is constantly getting covered in green slime and blue slime. Does he, doesn't he get like, isn't in the movie he gets transported back in time? Men in Black 3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, so I've seen Men in Black 3. That's it. Have you not seen Men in Black? Dude, mm-hmm. if you haven't, we need to rectify that. Because I was going <laughs> to say, there's like, so there's, that is the thing that people do is they, they make electronic things that can move on their own uh, so that they can do shots with basically robots in movies. That's absolutely a thing. It's a huge art form. It's super cool and very expensive, I think. I kind of think, honestly, going back to like your um, advertisement talk. Uh, okay. So um, the other day when we had gotten this stuff, we were talking about like. Which stuff? What do you mean? This. You had called me down for the arm stand. Oh, the oh our, stuff. our new recording equipment. Yeah. Right, yeah. Okay. We got new recording equipment, by the way. We're not recording with a plain old microphone anymore. We're mm. recording with actual microphones and arm stands and everything. Well, don't be so hard on the old microphone. It's an actual microphone. It's just these are better for the job, I think. Yeah, yeah. because that one was only one, and it didn't really pick up as well. Well, it picked up too well. Exactly. It picked up all the around noise this um, this microphone only picks up us and maybe anything else in the room. Oh, I forgot to say, I forgot to say at the beginning that we were um, doing it in the indie dork's office. That's right. Uh, no, but okay. So you were saying about we were talking. So yeah, the other day I had called you down. You, you had called me down, mm-hmm. and somewhere I br- at some point we started talking about YouTube, and I asked if I could have my own YouTube channel. And you said, and you said something about advertisements and blah blah blah. So like we watch mm. um, YouTube videos where there's ad, where it's actually advertisements. And you mm-hmm. said before I can have my YouTube channel, I need to figure out which is an advertisement and which is someone actually having fun with a toy on YouTube. Sure. Yeah. We could. Okay. I see. Because one of the programs that you and your sisters like to watch. Uh, are YouTube shows where kids and parents play with toys and do make believe and stuff like that, but they make kind of their own little show out of it. Yeah, and um, Toys for Fun, I think it's called, is a girl who plays with LOL toys. Mm. Just and well, what's the relation of that to this movie? What? Because you, you see said, because you said, well, is this really an advertisement to Globotech? Is this really <laughs> a real toy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm always suspicious of what's an advertisement and what's not. I, I, I worry about that stuff. I want to know if my entertainment is full of uh, corporate programming designed to make me want to buy things. I think that's important to know, but maybe that's just me. Maybe. What did you think? Okay, so what do you think about the idea of a defense company 
um, buying a toy manufacturing company and then using weapons technology to make better toys. Does that like, what do you think about that in general? Is that a good idea? Did it just not work here? Is that bad? What do you think? Um, I think it's a bad idea slash doesn't work here idea. Because <laughs> okay. if it's like a bad defense thing and uh-huh. they buy a toy company and they're good with toys, then mm-hmm. it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But it's so how, like it how depends. Could it be, okay. How could it give me an example where like like what do you think would be an example of it being a good thing? So, like, let's say this defense company says, well, we're not good at making these missiles and stuff. Let's buy this toy company and use our defense stuff, which is not that good, and make Mm -hmm. toys with it. That would be a good thing because they're not really good at the defense stuff. Hmm. And then the defense company in the movie who buys it, Mm -hmm. who buys the toy company, is is so good with with stuff. Like, you saw their overdues everywhere. Right. And they have, like, all these professional chips and everything. Right. So, um... So, so you think that defense companies could have all these big resources that they could pour into making better toys, and if they really were about making toys, maybe that's a good thing. Yeah, but they're more about making defense systems than doing toys, mm-hmm. so they don't really know all about it, so they're just like, okay, let's use this chip, that chip, that chip, I don't care, let's just make this ugly plastic toy sent it out oh yay we're getting more money at the second (laughs) i don't know how i feel about that claire's shooting dollar bills with her hands but okay (laughs) so but okay i guess that's an interesting point too right is that the defense company is definitely interested in making money but do you think that like do you think that the people who make lol dolls are not also interested in making money I think they are interested in making money, but they're more interested about other people having fun. Like, Hmm. instead of us being more interested about if we make money or anything, Mm -hmm. we're more interested about, like, other people think. Like, sometimes I try to do weird things that you don't want on the episode, and then I realize, oh, wait a (laughs) second, this isn't good. If the people are, like, the people are listening to this, and then they hear, like, a high-pitched sound for some reason in their earbuds, it would really pierce their ears really bad. So we're thinking about other people and ourselves at the same time instead Uh of just thinking about ourselves. Hmm. And that toy company... Well, defense company, which bought the toy company, really only cared about themselves making money, mm-hmm. except for the people, except for those two guys. They mm-hmm. really wanted toys. The nerds. Yeah. The yeah, nerds. Yeah, yeah. The nerds. The nerds. <laughs> and we're not talking about the candy. We're not talking about the candy. <laughs> which I was eating during the movie. That's my yeah, candy he w- choice. He was reading. The funny <laughs> thing is, he calls them nerds. He was eating rainbow nerds during the movie. Oh, brain exploded. <laughs> now, okay, well then, here's 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 my question is, do you think that, well, I guess we kind of talked about this a little bit, but do you think that only defense companies are, like, worried about money or themselves? Like, it, I guess my question is, like, if you're in business to sell something, whether it's fun or weapons of war, I mean, you're in business to sell stuff, right? Doesn't that mean that your, your motive, no matter what you do, is always going to be money? For me, if I owned a toy company, I would care about... I don't really care about money right now. Mm -hmm. So if I owned a company, Mm -hmm. even as an adult, Mm -hmm. I I would probably make... If I don't care about money, 
if I pay attention to all, all the teeny tiny details, mm-hmm. I'd get the more money than I would if I only pay attention to the money and I'm like, oh, it's just a teeny tiny detail. Mm-hmm. That kid or that adult would never notice it. Mm-hmm. Actually, no kids. That what? kid would never notice it. Four hours later, Bobby, my toy is missing. It's, it's missing a teeny tiny detail. It's just a detail, but it's missing an arm. <laughs> what? Um, can you talk? Can you talk more about what you mean by you don't care about money? I'm not totally sure what you mean by that. I mean, like, I don't. I mean, like, I do care about money, but like, I'm not focusing all my attention on mm-hmm. the money mm-hmm. i'm focusing all my attention on all the special effects the details of the toy and not focusing on what i'm gonna make mm-hmm. out of the toy because mm-hmm. i've heard a say i've heard a saying um you mean what you make and you make what you mean so which hmm. i which in wonderland because i have it i've read it or watched it from an ever after high book and okay. it's from wonderland which means which translate to because Wonderland herself is it because a lot of people wouldn't understand because they speak riddleish. So <sighs> that means so what it means is pay more pay more focus on what you want to get out than what you want to have. I see. So focus more on creating and introducing things into the world than destroying things or breaking things, basically. No, that's not what I meant. No, I meant okay. pay more focus on what sh- instead of paying on the focus of what you get out, mm-hmm. or of that case, or in this case, the toy. Mm-hmm. What you get out of the toy, pay more focus of the toy itself mm-hmm. is what it means. So, mm-hmm. what you mean is what you get. What you get is what you mean. So, mm. I see. So you mean? So you want to have money, and you and your money has come from the toy. So ah. I see. So if you focus on what you're getting out of it, if you're focused on money, then ultimately what you make is going to be about money. Yeah. Versus if you focus on, um, say, with toys, the the joy that you're creating or the joy that you get out of making a toy, what you'll make is toys that people are interested in. And perhaps you'll make money while you do it. But the, the, the end result is determined by what your goals are at the beginning. So I'm saying is that you'll make more money mm-hmm. if you pay attention to all the little details and things. Mm. Like I was saying, Bobby, my toy is missing an arm. What? Like they didn't pay to that teeny tiny little detail. In Ever After, do they call it Riddleish? Is yeah. that that's what yeah. they that's, that's their what language? they call it? <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Riddleish is such a good. That's cool. I like that. Um, oh, can so uh, one last thing on the subject of. Um, not caring about money. I take your point very much for the focus of what's going on there. But the only other thing that I would offer to you is that one of the benefits of having access to resources like money, so having money, is that you have to worry less about it. The less money you have, the more that you ultimately have to worry about money because we need money to have things. Money really is rent and food and car payments and um, activities for you kids and stuff like that, right? So mm-hmm. if we don't have money, we have to worry about it more because we're not being able to do the things that we need in order to focus on, like you were saying, you know, what you really want to get out of, say, for example, having a family or something like that, right? Um, so just be mindful of that as you think about stuff like that, that it is, it's a pretty, it's a pretty nice position to be in to not have to worry so much about money, to well, not have that be a regular concern. What I'm saying is that... Um, 
what I'm saying is that if you're like a really famous toy owner sure. or defense own toy owner, sure. you would okay, you pay more attention to the toy itself yeah. than to the money you make out of it. Because you make more money if the toy looks good, mm-hmm. does good, and actually does what it looks like. Mm-hmm. So don't it's so like in the show where the commercial where the action figures didn't do what it did in the commercial. Oh, I see what make you're saying. Make a commercial of what it would do, but because uh, then otherwise the people would be like, this toy isn't breaking <laughs> out of the box. I'm waiting for it to do so. It's not working at all. Hmm, that's interesting. Hello, I'm the mother of my child. I brought your toy like an hour ago. <laughs> I'm the um, mother of my child. Your toy does not do anything <laughs> in the advertisement. Um, I'm sorry, ma'am. Um, that advertisement is just to get people to buy it. Well, if you want people to buy it, actually do what it does in the advertisement. <laughs> What do you do? You, so do you agree? Uh, Dennis Leary was the guy who played the CEO who came in and had that meeting, right? What did you think about what he said when he was ranting about how the the toys never do what they do in the commercials? Do you agree with that? I don't remember the part you're talking about. No, literally what you were just talking about when he said that, like, ah, oh, the toys never do what they do in the commercials. Does it really come out of the box like that? And the guys are like, no, no, it doesn't. Like you were saying. Oh, that. Do you think that's yeah. a common problem in in like toy commercials? Do you watch commercials like toy commercials? Do you see those? I only watch the toy commercials and the cloth commercials. Mm. Well, mostly Target, Macy's, and toy commercials, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is mostly Target and Macy's. So. Can you think of a toy that you got where you had seen the commercial and then you were disappointed with what the toy actually did? LOLs. What? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Actually, I did see an advertisement about LOLs where the LOLs were flying on its own Uh and they were like, get this. They won't actually do that, though. Uh Uh-oh. I know. So actually, so if you didn't hear me, I was like saying, so like in the advertisement, they're making the advertisement, one of the guys is looking away from the mic or whatever, mm-hmm. like, because there's like always like a narrator or something. Mm-hmm. So like, let's say the narrator's a girl and she turns away from the microphone and is like, well, they don't actually do that. All right. Let's, um, let's subject jump real quick. What did you think about um, Alan Abernathy's relationship with his dad? Um, like specifically, so Alan's at the toy store, right? And he's running it and his dad's out of town. Um, all of the Commando Elite break out and they destroy the store. And him and Kirsten Dunst patch it back up and put everything back together. And then his dad comes into the store and sees that immediately the ship's mast was broken. And his dad sends him I home. I didn't even notice that. Right. But his dad sends him home from the store and um, he says, uh, what does he say? He said, I think uh, you should go home. I'll clean up. And uh, Alan says, I can do it. And the dad says, obviously not. And the kid is like totally dejected and leaves the store. Um, what did you think about that interaction between um, the father and son? Honestly, I would have security cameras in that store. <laughs> For one thing. For one thing, I would have security cameras in that store so they could so he could see how the mask broke itself. I don't know what direction I thought you were gonna go with that, but it was that security cameras is not. But that's that's a really good point. If he had actually had cameras in his store, uh, he there wouldn't be any question of what happened. Huh. Just what? like we should have security cameras in our house, but let's talk about that later. 
why did you make secret security cameras that I don't know about? Because that's I not didn't. good. I'm saying we should have them at our house. I see. So but I oh why wait why Claire? Do you think that we should have security cameras in our house? Do you feel as though often you are blamed for things that are in fact your sister's fault? Yes. Hmm. How often would you say that happens? A lot because I used to lie. I still lie, but it's only like once or twice every month. How do I know you're not lying about the frequency of lies right now? Because I'm looking you straight in the eye. I can't tell. You have those red sunglasses on. I'm looking <laughs> you straight in the eye right now. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely believe you could look me in the eye and lie, though. Could you, could you do that, do you think? No. No, you wouldn't? Okay. What else did you think about the relationship between the father and son? I didn't think it was very good because if you have a good relation with a father and a son or a father and a daughter mm-hmm. or like a relationship with a um with this with a child and an adult sure. well a child and their parent right you should be able to trust them cuz like he was he always told the truth mm. but cuz which made him in a lot of trouble, though. But he always told the truth. So I don't know what what could have made him believe that. Because he only k- got kicked out of two schools. Only and two? It, yeah, only two. And everyone else thinks it's like 20. What's a fair number of schools to be kicked out of before you are, like, your parents are not trustworthy? Is there a thing that you should be able to do as a kid that would make your parents not trust you? Or do you think parents should always trust their kids no matter what? always trust their kids unless they lie a lot mm. because if they lie a lot then maybe they did do something and you wind up punishing someone else for it mm-hmm. like i watched a show i watched a show i forgot the name of it but the parent is a principal of a school mm-hmm. and their child is doing a whole bunch of things that they're not allowed to do, and then blames it on the other students. Mm-hmm. The other students get in trouble or kicked out of the school just because the child doesn't want them any, just because the child doesn't like them. Mm-hmm. So it winds up just him in the school because he made his father believe, because his father trusted him too much, mm-hmm. and kicked out everyone except him because he thought that everyone did it because his son was lying. Mm-hmm. And he was wearing sunglasses whenever he confronted him. So he didn't even know if he was looking him in the eye or even closing his eyes when talking to him. So, yeah. Hmm. I like to think that I have a pretty good idea of when you're being truthful and when you're not being truthful. Um, how do you think I do in general? Do you think I should be more? Am I am I too untrusting or should I be more trusting? I think that you're a little I think you're a little too much of untrusting mm-hmm. with you and mommy just like by yourself so like uh-huh. let's say mommy's gone and you're babysitting us babysitting when it's your children it's just called being a like a parent but yeah okay I don't anyway. babysit you this is my point is otherwise I'm just babysitting you all the time no I mean like I think of parents as two people as one parent. Mm. So I think of parents as like four people. Mm. Okay. So I think of one parent as two parents combined. And if you take away <laughs> one of the parents, it if you take away one of the two people combined for a parent, uh-huh. it just turns into a babysitter. Oh, I see. So if mom's not around or I'm not around, 
then all that's happening is is babysitting and not parenting. Yeah. Interesting. Well, technically, it's parenting. You're just not parenting with two people. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Interesting. All right. Uh, let's see. What were we talking about? Oh, we were just talking about the relationship between the father and the son. Oh, yeah. So I think that if you get a little too untrusting, mm-hmm. you never you never believe what your son is actually talking about. Like, he was so... Uh, honestly, if I was a parent and my child told me that there was like a talking, walking toy around mm-hmm. and... I saw him fiddling with a toy, and I knew he would never do drugs or drink beer. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I would believe him because mm. I saw him looking in the eyes of his parents. Because, like, when they were shooting behind their parents' hair, mm-hmm. so you saw the hair, and you saw him looking straight into their eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I like to think in that scenario that I would, that I would take you seriously if something out, like totally out of the frame of possible, was happening, and you were like, Dad. This is real and it's dangerous. I like to think that I would say, "Tell me more," <laughs> so I can make a decision about how how concerned to be. But I don't think I would just shut it down and say immediately that you were a liar. I don't think. I don't think. I really didn't like how his mom was like, "What drug are you taking? What thing are you taking? Are you taking like semaphore? Blah blah blah." Sem- <laughs> Sorry. Semaphore is uh, like when they are trying to uh, communicate at sea or help with like land planes and give signals. They're little flags that guys hold up and they turn them different directions and move their arms. It's a kind of like a communication style. Uh, Uh, Do you think that she was um, like that's kind of cruddy parenting a little bit, isn't it? To just assume that he's on drugs. And honestly, he's only like. 13, 14? I bet he's 15, if I had to guess. I would bet they're both And honestly, 15. a lot of kids like that start taking drugs when they're like, I don't know, 18, 19. Oh, yeah? Like they're just starting college when they start mm. taking drugs. And it's too overwhelming to not take drugs and not take beer. So mm. some people start at like, seven, like 17, mm-hmm. 18, 19, maybe 20. Do your friends drink or do drugs? Um... If you count drugs as like normal medicine to help you get better, then yes. But <laughs> no. if drugs is, wait, what is drugs anyways? What is drugs? No, they definitely don't drink unless if you count root beer as a beer. <laughs> um, I guess when people mean doing drugs, what they mean is um, any kind of drugs that you take that really aren't directed by a doctor. And the reason you're taking them is because they make you feel better or different than you normally feel. Oh, okay. This is an awkward silence. I don't really like those type of things. Did you just... Okay. <laughs> did you what? Know. Did you what? I Did you just realize that you take drugs and you just haven't been telling us that you've been taking drugs? Is that what happened? I think my def- definition of drugs is like too expansive. Because there's just a whole thing too when people talk about that, about them being the legal kind or the controlled kind. I thought mommy was giving me drugs because a because tr- a doctor never prescribes taking like taking like p- taking like sick medicine like cold medicine or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, your mom is trying to hook you on drugs. That's not cool. No, that's not true. That's she's allowed to do that. The way that you described it was like that. So yeah, I guess I'm so. like so I'm like so I'm gonna take off my sunglasses. You're gonna see so I'm like. 
<laughs> she's she's rolling her eyes at me. I look fine. It was not a good definition. I accept that it wasn't a great definition. I don't know. I, like in the drugs conversation, Claire, I didn't really expect the question of what is drugs because how do I answer that? I don't know. I guess I should have been more prepared to answer that question. Oh no, that's a bad parenting. If moment. they ask, if you remember that they asked that in the movie, you should obviously search it up on your phone. <laughs> it's like you literally have your phone right now on in front of your face. I'm yeah, but. I'm reading my notes that I took during the movie to oh. prompt conversation. So. Maybe you could like pause like while I'm taking the thing to like, I could like say something. I could like be in the middle of saying something and you could like search it up on Google and tell me what dr- what the word drug actually means. No, no, we're not going to Google the definition of drugs because dad did not give a good definition okay. of drugs when asked on the spot. We're going to, we're going to, we're just going to transition to one other thing, I guess. Why can't I just ask Alexa? Um, I don't know what the rules are about putting a recording of Alexa onto a podcast, to Why? be honest. Uh, I don't know who owns Alexa's voice. I don't think she would, s- I don't think it would say that. Yeah. So, because it doesn't really pick her up. It, if we turn down the volume, only we could hear it. <laughs> right, but then the people listening can't hear it. Let's do the Alexa ask after uh, we finish recording. Okay. Um, and then we could just like add a little part in there right before we say hot, bye, or like I'll see you on the other side or whatever that says you answering mm-hmm. what drugs actually means or okay. something like that. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll do a nice or little maybe like, like tweet the beginning of the next step is the definition of drugs. Why are you talking over me? I'm, I'm in the middle of talking. <laughs> Go to your room. <laughs> but technically, we are in his room, so All right. Go to your bedroom. Yeah, I was gonna say this. This library is right next to my bedroom, so I'm bedroom. I'm there. And technically, you're in my space. Leave my bedroom. No. Um, Let's let's okay. This conversation's off the rails. Let's get it back on track. What was cool. your favorite part of Small Soldiers? Give me a minute. Sorry about the silence, but it takes me a minute. To no, think my my. It's a great movie. I think of all the parts that I love, um, the Gwendy dolls. When oh, yeah, the so like the the way that the Gwendy dolls are turned into killing machines, I loved. And they had a line where she says, "If you can't accessorize." pulverize and i thought that was great what does pulverize mean uh smash into pieces look i under boy i crushed that definitional question (laughs) (laughs) uh but yeah i love that part uh and then i also love the part where uh phil hartman uh who played uh uh uh, kirsten dunce's dad the guy was obsessed with movies and tvs and stuff uh where he sits down to watch a war movie and he goes you know i think world war ii was my favorite war um, which I just, I love that quote. He said Wood War II. World War II. I didn't enunciate very well. But I like that I quote. I love World War II. Well, Especially. Uh, but honestly, I don't know why. Because we right. are Jewish. Well, right. I'm Jewish. Yes, I'm not. Um, but no, I th- I think the, the, the point of that quote is like, nobody loves war. And there are no good wars. And lots of people died in World War II. But we have this like tendency as people to just like lionize wars and oh, wars are great you know world war ii was the good war no world war ii was not the good war. millions of people well, died in that war well, actually, it was bad well actually the did you know i i know this this is not supposed to be historical stuff but okay. i read in a book once in one of my favorite books i read that did you know um so this um 
Revolutionary War plus World War One plus World War Two all combined does not have the, as much blood as it was in the Civil War. Did you know that? Hmm. In terms of like it's, people killed? Yeah. Wow. It's called the bloody Civil War. is called the bloodiest war because it's literally America fighting against each other. Mm-hmm. So it mo- loses the most of America, and America is like huge. It's like it's like one of the it's like the second or third biggest state. Mm-hmm. No. Con- continent mm-hmm. taking me a minute to but remember my geography <laughs> i guess i think it's just like a weird way to think about war right is like oh that was yeah. the good war the biggest war like the you know what there i mean like not the biggest wars any that's, that's any war, war where actually no that's the bloodiest war the civil war is actually one of the shortest wars ever too i don't know about that it's like five years but the civil wars was like 16 or something yeah hmm. so what was your favorite part of small soldiers I gave you all the time in the world to think about it. We're going to circle back eventually. We talked about two of my favorite parts. Um, my favorite part is when the Gwendy doll pops up with like with like a little chunk of Christie's hair, like <laughs> taped to the back of her, and she's just like staring at her. She's like on her shoulder. She's just staring at her ear for some reason, and then she, and then I don't know if you noticed this, but she stuck one of her fingers inside her ear. Mm-hmm. Then she jolted like that, mm-hmm. which threw the doll off, mm-hmm. which was so funny. I don't know if you caught that, but I caught it. It was hilarious. I loved um, when they were fleeing the house on the motorbike, whatever the scooter was, right? That um, Kirsten Dunst was driving the getaway vehicle um, really great. And that Alan Abernathy at the end was like, that looks really fun. Can I drive home? Um, But that she was totally in charge for the getaway sequence. That's not what it was like. It was, uh, what was his name? Alan? No, not Alan. The Gorgonite? Aethids? I have no idea what you're talking about. The guy who had the bow and arrow on his arm. Archer? Archer. Yeah. Archer is actually the one who's like, that was fun. Can we do it again? <laughs> this time can Alan drive? She's like, offensive. Well, she doesn't say that, but she crosses her arms. And I know that I can't uh-huh. like that because this isn't like a visual. We can't, you can't see me crossing <laughs> but my I arms right it. now. But, but she doesn't say offensive, but she looks like she's offended when she crosses her arms. I don't remember what she says after that, but I if you had heroically made a getaway drive and caused the commando elite to destroy themselves, I think you would also be correctly annoyed if somebody was like, maybe I should drive home. Like, shut up. I saved us. Honestly, I would be like, I'm tired, but I'm driving. It's my scooter. Damn it sure really it. was her scooter. It was. Yeah, it is. All in. I would, I, I would let you do it. I don't really trust you with your track record. <laughs> that would have been I the right answer. Your boyfriend now. Because, <laughs> like, if I don't know if you know this, but she was talking to Brad, not the police. Uh-huh. So she's like, so she's like, will you please call the police? Because she's not talking to the police. Because she, because I don't know if you caught this. But I she have, actually wait, 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 wait. Hang on, hang on, hang on. What do you, I don't, uh, you've jumped subjects and I'm not sure where we are in the conversation. She's talking about, she's talking to Brad, I think. When? Uh, when he's trying to telephone him to call the police about the toys. Oh, okay. So she's like, please. So she's like, please call the police. And he's like, and I don't, I don't know if he said this, but I think he's, cause I think he's like, it says a prank call. And she's like, no, no, wait, yes, yes, it is. 
I I don't know what to say. I'm just good. I don't know. No, 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 no. Don't hiccup on me. Beep. So another example of where she was trying to save the day and people were not listening to her. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks, right? Yeah. Do you ever feel like that? Uh. I mean, obviously you haven't had to fend off an evil army of robot toys bent on destruction and murder, but. Um, technically, I count my sister says that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that's a pretty good note to finish up on. I love that. Um, do you have anything else that you want to say about the movie before we get out of here? I just want to say, I know that this isn't real, but if you ever come across things like that, don't side with the commander. Side with the Gorgonites. Okay. Because they're so cool. Okay. Uh, What do we got going on next week, Claire? Next week, we are doing Major League, Mm -hmm. and we are thinking about doing it with the whole family. Oh yeah, yeah, might, that's right. Might yeah, we're thinking movie. about doing. We're thinking about do. We're thinking about actually having you meet our family. Yeah, uh no, maybe. it'll be us recording. It'll definitely be us recording. It'll be us recording. But, but we'll get your mom in here at some point. Yeah, I think it's her birth. I think like her birthday is like really close. We're gonna mm. be doing one of her movies. So um, you are gonna meet our mom really soon. All right. All right. Well. Do you want to say anything else before you throw it over to me on the other side? Um, just want to let you guys know I am really excited for Major League because I really, because I think it's funny because my dad told me about Major League mm-hmm. and he said it's like, and he said it's like about a coach who doesn't like to live in that state, and then the coach is like, and then the coach reads online or something. It says. If, if you're in a really bad place, you can move your team. So she tries to coach her team to be terrible. <laughs> so they're in the very last place so they can move states. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty accurate synopsis. I love it. Or, is, right. that, or is that a league of their own? No, that's not a league of their that's own. That's major, major league. league. Yeah, yeah, that's major league. All right. Well, close it out. See, on the, see you next time. Claire out and... B-I-L-L will be there in a couple seconds. So, see ya. All right, see you guys on the other side. Soldiers, no poor sap ever won a war by dying for his country. He won it by being all that he can be. Damn the torpedoes or give me death. Eternal vigilance is the price of duty. And to the victors go the spoils. So remember... You are the best of the best of the few and the proud. So ask not what your country can do for you. Only regret that you have but one life to live. The war against the Gorgonites will be won. Uh-oh. Commando Elite, let the first shot be fired. Search out the Gorgonites and wreck them all. Yeah. All right. And we're back on the other side. Uh, so that's Small Soldiers with Claire. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I guess, uh, you know, I realized before that there was that scene in the movie where the mom immediately starts accusing um, Abernathy, child Abernathy, Alan Abernathy, of taking drugs, and that's the reason for that. Uh, and, you know, I have a I have a soft spot about that. I, I have a very vivid recollection of, you know, not doing drugs in uh, high school 
And it was like my sophomore year or something like that. Uh, I had come in in the morning uh, to math class uh, and my eyes were uh, habitually bloodshot. And, you know, the reason for that is because I was wearing contacts and I wasn't very great at getting them in in the morning when I was exhausted. And so like putting contacts in in the morning for me when I was 15, 14 was basically just me poking myself in the eye repetitively uh, until I finally got it right because I, I just was not very adept at it. Uh, and so it was pretty brutal. Uh, and I would come in in the morning and my eyes would be bloodshot from that. And I remember just my math teacher would, you know, he was convinced I was just stoned as get out. And it's, it's not like I ever smelled like weed either, but that was what he immediately went to. And I didn't really care for that experience. I thought that was, a, to be honest, just a, a pretty horrible way uh, to talk with a child, even if you're joking, um, because it, it like immediately puts you in a position of feeling like you've done something wrong, you know. And so, like, I, I have thought about drug use and, you know, what what I've done in my past and my history of it and the way that people have talked with me about drugs, whether I was doing them at the time or not. Um, and, you know, I have quite the extensive you know, list of conversations that I could have with my children. You know, how am I, how am I going to approach this? Am I going to talk to them about what you should do or what you shouldn't do or uh, how to figure out what the rules are, what the hard limits are? How do you set up a trusting environment so that they're willing to come and have these conversations with you when they have these concerns uh, and they don't know what to do? Um, but of all the questions that I expected my kids to ask me, what are drugs? <sighs> Just really was not on the list of things that I was prepared for. Um, but I guess it's a pretty straightforward question. What are drugs? I have heard that drugs are bad, but I have seen them prescribed to people, and I take drugs when I'm sick, and am I doing something that's bad? Uh, yeah, that's a question you should be prepared to answer. I was not. You saw me figure it out real time. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I could come up with a better definition of what are drugs than I did on the spot. But, you know, it's been a little bit since Claire and I had that conversation and I still don't have a better one. So I guess that's just how it's going to be for me. Um, but, you know, if your kids uh, bring up the drug talk, you may want to have a think about how you will answer a very basic question about the subject like what are drugs? Because uh, mine immediately was sussed out by by Claire as just a, a really terrible answer. <laughs> um, but no, I think Small Soldiers is a lot of fun. Um, Claire had a blast watching it. I definitely think that of the Joe Dante movies that are out there, it's probably the most accessible one for kids. I mean, it, it features kids as the protagonists. Um, you know, toys are the heroes and the villains of the story as well. Um, and, you know, the adults don't trust the adults until they prove themselves to you, basically, you know. Uh, and I, I think that's something that's very easy for kids to relate to. I think it's something that's very fun for them to engage with. Uh, and it also has a lot of interesting conversational topics. Like I, I personally enjoy the most out of it is, you know, Joe Dante's commentary on the military industrial complex, uh, and capitalism and the pursuit of, of cash money. You know, basically greed is good. This is his story of, of greed is good. Uh, a defense company buying a, an, a small toy manufacturer. Um, but no, there's, there's a lot of good conversations that you can have out of it. And, um, it's nice when they enjoy what they're doing. You know, I, I think sometimes if you're expanding your framework and your context for movies, 
Uh, some of it is a bit like homework. You hope that it's not, but I think it, it can come across like that. I mean, even I think when I talk with my friends about what movies I need to see in order to prepare for stuff, I, I do jokingly refer to it as homework. But, you know, you do have to do preparatory work and, and you have to be sometimes quite deliberate about what you're doing. But I think when you're nine, you know, it doesn't necessarily need to be this deliberate exploration. You know, your your kids will get enough of that in English class when they have to read a bunch of books that they really don't care for, you know. Um, like I, in my English experience, I think the book that I didn't want to read the most that I wound up liking the most was Grapes of Wrath. It's, I think one of my favorite books of all time, but most of the rest of the books I read in high school, I do not have fond memories of, uh, enjoying. Uh, so don't make movies homework. Um, you know, give them things that can expand their framework of reference and, and their context that, that are easy for them to enjoy. You know, whether they enjoy the scare factor of a movie that's a bit scarier than they should be seeing, the thrill of that. Um, you know, sometimes they will enjoy the drama of a story or the action of a story, um, but give them a way for it to be fun. And I think that that went very well for this one with Claire. Um, but I don't have that much else to say about it. I think that this is going to wrap up our Operation Dante Dive for uh, quite a while. Uh, obviously, I am a big fan of his work, and I would love to show more of these movies to Claire. Um, but, you know, I don't want to just focus on single individual filmmakers. Uh, you know, that's part of the reason that we've switched to a more regimented schedule. I think at this point I have titles planned out until uh, almost August. Yeah, I think uh, through... Yeah, right up until the start of August, I have titles planned out. And I think it's making it a little bit easier for me to kind of see what's going and work deliberately through thematic elements. So the next turn that we're going to go on is uh, sports movies. And next week, we'll be kicking that off, uh, as Claire said, with Major League. At the time of this recording, uh, it's actually the day of the 30th anniversary of the release of Major League. So it's a quite a, a timely uh, look at this movie. I love it to death. I'm very curious to see what she makes of it. I don't know how many sports movies she's seen. Uh, I don't know how much baseball she's seen. So <laughs> this is, uh, this is going to be an interesting uh, exploratory moment. So we'll see what she kind of takes away with it. Um, so yeah, tune in next week to hear us talk about Major League. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's go ahead and, I guess, wrap up the episode. Uh, if you don't already follow us, uh, you can follow Bill and Claire's Excellent Adventures at B-A-C-E-A Podcast on Twitter. Uh, we are our own feed. The podcast you're listening to now is subscribable on uh, Apple Podcasts uh, or Podbean. I'm working on expanding it out. If you are listening and you have places that you would prefer it be added to, feel free to hit us up on Twitter uh, and let me know because I'll go ahead and prioritize making sure that it's up at those places. Uh, let's see. Uh, as always, this is an In the Mouth of Dorkness production, and uh, you can follow the rest of the dorks, uh, Brad Gullickson at Mouth Dork on all social medias. You can follow Lisa Gullickson at Sidewalk Siren on Twitter and Instagram and Letterboxd. Uh, you can follow Brian Young at The Turtle Dork on Twitter, at The Turtle Dork One on Instagram, and Brian Young on Facebook. And you can follow Darren, the Disco Dork Smith at The Disco Dork dork on all social medias that'll do it for us this time until next time